Hello and welcome to the Busby Lane Podcast. It's your boy Ugo. Really excited to be back um, after a very long playoff. Um, it's been a while. It's uh, it's been a very very strange summer in so many ways. Um, obviously with the pandemic, um, I've been out for a very long time. Personally, I've been very very busy uh, from work as well as. Um, the fact that you know I moved from one city to another, so it's been a very very strange time for me and my family, uh, which is why I haven't been able to um, you know release any episodes since um, I'd say match or so, and it's been a very very long time. But so many things have happened since then. Manchester United uh, played against um, uh, after the, after the season opened. You know, post pandemic, it was great. You know, for us to finish third. Um, you know, a little disappointing that it ended up being that we lost three semi, uh, two semifinals in addition to the one we lost earlier in the season. So three semi semifinals. But at the end of the day, I think that there was a lot to take away from last season, and that that we should be all be excited for. We got to the third position. If anybody told me that we would finish third, I would I would never believe it at the beginning of last season. And we talked about Ole's cultural revolution at Manchester United and, and how it's bearing fruit. And nothing really epitomizes that than the finish last season. So I'm really excited. I know we lost three three semifinals, which is really tough. But I think the boys are going to learn from that and grow. Uh, Bruno Mason was exceptional once the, the season uh, reopened after the, the lockdown. It was amazing to watch him play. Um, obviously, Martial is coming coming to his own. Now he's getting call-ups to the national team. So there were a lot of things to be excited about. Paul Pogba with Bruno, Matic, you know, kind of uh, anchoring the midfield. You know, I think there were a lot of um, amazing things to be excited about. I think one thing I would say about the left-back position, I'm going to all of this uh, in detail, was that we actually missed Luke Shaw a little bit. And I think in those games where Luke Shaw, were, you know, was missing, we, we kind of struggled. I think that was probably one, one thing that kind of... Um, made it very difficult for us to, to really uh, get over the hump uh, in those semifinals as well. But today, what am I going to be talking about? I'm going to talk about our summer so far, um, talk about, you know, the transfers, ins and outs, you know, talk about the new player that we just got. I'm really excited about him. Uh, I'll talk about the long saga of Jaden Sancho that's been going on throughout the summer. I know you guys have been paying attention. I have been. I've been listening to everything, refreshing my tweets and doing all of that stuff, just waiting for uh, an announcement of some sort. Uh, but I'll also tell you what I really feel about you know Jaden Sancho and, and what I think about the saga and how I think Manchester United should approach things moving forward. And finally... We'll talk about the, the start of the, the season, broadly speaking. And we'll talk about Manchester United. You know, what can we expect from the season? I've seen quite a lot of uh, prediction videos um, out there on YouTube and stuff like that. I'm not going to do a prediction uh, podcast at all, I feel like. I'm just going to say what I expect the season to look like. Uh, but then we'll see what happens as we go along. So, Welcome back uh, to the Busby Lane podcast. I really appreciate you guys um, who listen to this podcast. And so let's get straight into it. Okay, so starting with transfers, uh, the only transfer in that has happened this season uh, for, for Manchester United in the postseason basically has been the coming in of Donny van der Beek. 
I, I was really, really excited about this signing. This is the kind of signing I feel Manchester United should be making. A uh, young player, I think he's, he's 23, um, has loads of experience for his age because he's played in several Champions League games, played in Europa League, uh, you know, games. You know, really, really, really one of the key members of that Ajax team that has been exciting and, and amazing to watch. So I'm really, really excited about Vanny, uh, Donny van der Beek. And, um, you know, he's a very versatile player, I think, in the spirit of Ajax players. Typically, these Dutch players that have come up through the ranks um, at Ajax have a lot to offer in terms of their versatility. They typically have a good football brain. Um, you know, their intelligence and IQ is great. Typically one of the big strong points for them. Um, and another thing is just the fact that he plays in the midfield. He can play, you know, as a defensive midfielder, as an attacking midfielder. He can play, you know, the box-to-box -box role. He's full of energy and, you know, and so I'm really, really excited. I think that's what we, we need. Um, you know, how he's going to fit in is, is something that we're yet to see. I think a lot of people have different ideas about how that is going to happen. I've heard certain people say... Well, you know, he may not be able to play with Pogba and Bruno. We'll see, you know, what really happens. We'll see how Ole deploys him. I think tomorrow is going to give us um, a little bit of a hint as to how he's going to be deployed in the, in the season moving forward. Um, I think if you have a decent player who can distribute very well and stick, you know, stick, stick his leg into a tackle and things like that and, you know, put out fires, have great positioning. They can play the six. They can play that defensive midfield role. I think people, you know, still want that Makalele Kante type midfielder who's going to get stuck in, who has that, you know, that kind of aggression and stuff like that. But I, I feel like when you watch Michael Carrick, um, you could you could see that he was a great defensive midfielder for us, but he didn't need to be um, a destroyer for him to be great. Uh, he was just uh, really knowing, you know, had great sense of positioning. And if you're a brilliant player, I think you can play that role. So I feel like we've actually bought Danny van der Beek to start games. And it actually gives us the option to go to the likes of Fred and all these other players. So I think there is an opportunity for him to start games alongside Pogba and Bruno. I'll be excited to see what that looks like. He's going to be much more mobile than Matic is. Um, he has that pass forward first mentality, but we'll see. We'll really see how that goes. I mean, I, I don't want to kind of speculate without kind of seeing maybe a, a few games in preseason to see what Ole has in mind. But Ole's quotes really suggest that he sees him as a versatile player, so he's, he might be able to deploy him in several positions in that midfield. But I think strengthening the midfield has been great, and I'm really, really excited to see what Danny van der Beek is going to look like uh, for us uh, this season. Uh, one of the outs I just wanted to mention, and this has been a while, um, is uh, obviously we lost uh, Santi, we lost Angel Gomez. We talked about it a little bit, um, you know, in other episodes of the podcast where we talked about, you know, him not wanting to sign the contract and all of that. But you know what? We wish him all the best. He went to Lille and they, I think they loaned him out to um, some second division club in, in Portugal or something like that. But anyways, we wish Angel Gomez all the best. Other rumored uh, exits are, you know, Smalling. It seems like he's, he's going to be going to Roma. We might be able to get some transfer fee for that, which would be great. Uh, to put back into the transfer kitty. Um, I believe 
you know, Rojo, Jones, Romero might be on the chopping block. I just read now that Dalo is, you know, also someone that wants to move, move on. So I think there are some, some opportunities to get rid of a few players because we need to train the squad to become a little bit much more structured, much more tight knit and, and have a, a, an actual quality squad, which is why we need to, we need to strengthen the bench. I still think Manchester United is going to do some business in the, on the ins front. Um, Sancho has been the, 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 the number one transfer story of the summer. Well, even with Messi in a, in a, in a summer where we had Messi, as, you know, pop up as, I know we'll talk about Messi a little bit later, but Messi popping up and stuff like that. Sancho has been the biggest story um, of the summer so far. So where are we with Jadon Sancho? A few things. The likes of Fabrizio Romano um, has maintained all along that, you know, player wages and, um, you know, agent fees and all of those things have been agreed. And Manchester United is still yet to agree a fee with Dortmund. Um, I think the fee that's been quoted by Dortmund is around 120 million, which is quite a lot. Um, and Manchester United apparently are not willing to pay that fee considering uh, the the current economic realities, which is understandable, I would say. But but then again, that's what Dortmund is, is saying, that this is what they want. And, you know, it seems like there has to be some kind of compromise on both ends. Maybe the way the deal is structured needs to be different. Now, personally, I feel like while I'll be very, very excited for us to sign Jaden Sancho, I can see, you know, the kind of lift he's going to give the team. He is he has the potential to be the a world class player. I feel like he has that X factor type stuff that you get from wingers, and we've not bought, we've not had a right winger since Valencia. So it's it would be really amazing to have someone like Sancho. But um, I think my concern is that for that price uh, tag, you know, does that put a lot of pressure on him? Can he cope with that pressure at Manchester United? Um, we've seen it with big players who have left, uh, even Dortmund, uh, Dembele and the likes of those players who've left with these hefty price, price tags and really struggled to live up to the hype. Personally, I'd say if you went for is, is, uh, Saar, the, the kid from Watford, I, I'd say that's a good alternative. I mean, we talked about David Brooks. I really like David Brooks myself. I think he's a good alternative. I think what we really need right now, because we, we saw how, you know, Mason, Rashford, and Martial combined last season. I still think that's a really good and formidable front three. I think Mason matches more. I think we'll talk about Mason in a second and, and all the, the silliness going on around Mason. But um, but if you're starting with that front three, that is a, a wonderful front three to, to get into the season with. Now, of course, when injuries come on or when you are looking for someone to come and affect the game from the bench, that is a challenge that we've had, right? Because Dan James doesn't have that quality. You know, would he make a step up this season? Maybe would there be some changes in the way he plays? You know, we're yet to see that. We don't know for sure. But what we know is that we need to strengthen um, that front line, make sure that we have, you know, players that, that can actually live to the, to the billing in terms of kind of adding that X factor. We need to be able to bring in the way City would bring on a, a Jesus Nava, a Jesus, Gabriel Jesus, sorry, or bring in Bernardo Silver, things like that. We need to be able to, or even Maris when he starts on the bench, we need to be able to have that X factor sub that is able to come in and actually contribute. So I would say that, you know, 
obviously that's why we're, we're going for Jaden probably for him to start so you have Greenwood as an option off the bench and things like that which makes sense to me uh, but at the same time for that amount you probably solve other problems I still think we need a backup left back I still think that it might do us well to get um, a center back maybe we don't because we can tr we're trusting Mengi and, and Axel and the rest to, to kind of step up the season but I think we need a left back for sure um, because Shoy has been, is basically the only one who is at that starting level. Brandon has a limitation because he, he's inverted. He's, um, so he's always cutting in and, and, and it's easy to kind of plan uh, for that kind of, uh, for kind of that kind of player. So he's probably better suited to playing right back. And we have people like Ethan Laird and, and all of the rest of them who can actually challenge our Wan-Bissaka on that front. But we need a left back. Uh, we've been linked to Regulon uh, from Real Madrid as well as Alex Telles from Porto. I'm hoping that one of those deals gets done uh, because we actually do need that position to be uh, filled. Um, so, which is why I worry about the transfer fee for Jaden Sancho. Is like, does it stop us from doing all other necessary business that we need to do? I want us to spread the love in these different positions rather than just throwing 120 million at just one player. And I think that's where my angle is. I feel like with with the amount of money you want to use for Jaden Sancho, you can get two decent players that can actually play good roles. So if you're getting Regulon for like 30 million. Maybe you get sad for under 30 or 40 million and you, you still have some more money. I mean, and you can, you know, kind of build and, and, and actually give us a well-rounded team. I know people are hyped about Jaden Sancho. I am hyped. Everyone is hyped. It's understandable. I get it. But at the same time, I still feel that, you know, we need to be responsible. This is what we want the board to be. We want them to be responsible. We don't want them to go around throwing cash to the problem. We want them to build. We want them to be calculated and in control in the market as they move along. I think that's the way forward. We have a great team. Now, we've seen what Chelsea has done. We, I understand it and I get that everyone is kind of frustrated. Oh, Chelsea has shown all this cash at players. But it's not always a guarantee for success. I think it's something people have to keep at the back of their minds. Uh, when T Fernando Torres moved to Chelsea, was he a great success? Who knows? I mean, so all these players have come in. They need to blend in. They need to, you know, kind of... And they're all great players. Come on. Like, if Manchester United had a, a summer like that, maybe I'd be, you know, over the moon as well and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I love Kai Havertz. I love uh, Timo Werner. I love Chewell. You know, they've done really, really good business this summer. But it has to be very, very... It has to be put in perspective. We already have a good team. We just need to strengthen certain areas and it's better to strengthen those areas versus just just buying just one player um you know these re this rebuild is, is still ongoing we're in the second you know season right now and you know we, we still need some areas to kind of strengthen it and i would say the left back position needs strengthening definitely we need a right winger i don't know if we need a 120 million pound right winger right now when you have other alternatives i don't think manchester united should cave into paying that amount if you can find a reasonable uh compromise somewhere in the middle that's fine if not i think you move on to other targets and make sure that they, they get in before the season starts um i always use liverpool as an example they their front three is you know Mane, who you know was it from a team that was you know that survived relegation at the time and you know, uh, Feminio from 
what was it uh, was it Schalke or, or Hoffenheim something like that and then you had um, Salah the rejected stone who you know came from Roma and, and all of a sudden you have this great front line that that you know that is basically one of the best in the world right now so I don't think you absolutely need to throw too much cash at it you need to go out and scout for players and if Jaden Sancho goes to Real Madrid so be it if they go to wherever they want to go to that's fine but let's try as much as possible not to get um, forced into making a signing that would affect our ability to strengthen other areas that's just what I where I'm coming from on the Jaden Sancho thing but we keep our fingers crossed to hear listen for more news we definitely need a left back in my opinion because losing Shaw we could see right away that was the area that every team attacked they attacked uh, Brandon because they felt that he was a weakness and it actually showed I mean this is taking nothing away from Brandon Brandon has been exceptional so far and this is that that was his first season I know he's gonna improve this season but but be, because he is um inverted so to speak he, he can't play the left back role with you know the way you know you know a natural left left back would play right the role so we really really need him to we need to to get a strong left back uh in there that is going to really challenge shore and, and even you know maybe a starting left back maybe shore is the backup here so i think that's an area that we need to improve um you know at the right back position i think you can trust um our one Pisaka. but when we think about injuries and all those sort of things that could happen we need to have really good fullbacks because i think fullbacks in the modern game have become really really essential and i think you can get away with having you know mason and probably you know maybe not a player at the level of sancho the likes of david brooks you can get a, get away with having an intelligent player there and you know and get and, and, and do something out i don't think our front line is missing that much but i think you know that that fullback position is an area i feel that we need to kind of strengthen anyways that's my spiel um, with regards to Jaden Sancho. Really excited that he's going to be joining, but oh, if he joins, sorry. Um, but then again, I just want us to be very, very reasonable about how we go about signing someone. Um, Dean Henderson got a new contract, by the way. That's that's exciting. Um, it's, it's it's amazing to think about it. Um, but you know, he he might be fighting the hair for the you know for a starting position, which is interesting. We'll see how that happens. It's it's a little i don't i don't know it, it's it's an unknown I, I don't know what you know what the plan is you know is he gonna start cup games you know you, you know or is he trying to push the hair who knows who knows but i'm glad that he's staying at manchester united but then we'll see how that goes we signed a few teenage um kids from barcelona real madrid and more recently city so i think on the academy front i'm, I'm excited um, um medjbury has been showing some really good things i think Probably in terms of kind of promotion to the first team, I think you see Hannibal and Mengi as the two top choices right now. They might be able to make that jump into the first team. So there might be options there for us. We'll see how things go uh, in that regard. Yeah, so the season starts tomorrow. Um, starts with Arsenal versus Fulham. I'm going to be watching that game for sure. Um, I'm really, really excited. I don't know what's going to happen this season. You know, Arsenal has been, you know, has strengthened to a reasonable extent. They got William in, they got Gabriel in. So they're doing good things. Um, I think in terms of kind of the top four, if you really want to go into the prediction game, you would say that obviously Liverpool and City are still 
heavy favorites. Um, I think City with um, adding Nathan Ake, I think that's brilliant business there. And I think that they got a guy called Ferran Torres, who is, is also, I think, a really good winger. Um, so I think City is positioning themselves to go there. Now, if they got Lionel Messi, that would have been something completely different. I think I was, you know what? I mean, while I understand that Messi, you know, definitely changes everything, right? He changes everything. He is the GOAT, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. Between him and Ronaldo, arguably greatest of all time, you, I mean, it's not even an argument. And Messi probably edge, edges it if you really think about what he's been able to accomplish and the way he has done it and how, how he plays. So... I think as far as I'm concerned, I would have loved to see Messi in the Premier League, to be honest. I mean, I know that that gives Man City an incredible edge over every other person, but I would have loved to see Messi in the Premier League. I would have loved to be able to watch Messi, you know, week in, week out. I Right now, I don't. I mean, when he's in La Liga, we don't necessarily get to watch him. We only watch him in Champions League for the most part because we don't support La Liga teams. For me personally, I don't, I don't pick an interest. You know, how many games are you going to watch? So... Um, watching uh, Messi up close and personal would have been a great thing for the Premier League. I still hope it happens. Um, I think the amount involved would be crazy. I, I, and I think it's a mistake that Barcelona let things kind of um, escalate to the point that they got to. Um, this is your greatest player. And, you know, you sort of would have tried to, you know, allow, make things a little cleaner and, and make sure that he, he leaves a little bit um, you know, with his head high. I mean, he, he's given everything to the club. Barcelona is probably not where it is today without Messi. So I think that was a bit strange that, you know, they allowed things to escalate to that point. And he's staying now, you know, as a disgruntled player. He's, you know, he's just staying to fulfill his contract. But I think just one year on his contract is something that they could have easily sort of, okay, we're going to get 100 million or whatever, or 150 million and, and, and let's move on. Um, Whoever gets Messi is going to be amazing. Um, it's I mean he's thirty three and I, and we get it, but he's still Lionel Messi, man. It's just it's, it's it's just amazing, and I think the Premier League would actually benefit from having Lionel Messi um, at the club. So I'm 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 still hopeful that that happens. Liverpool has has been really dull in the market. They've not really made too many um, signings, but. I think Klopp has demonstrated that he doesn't need too many signings to, 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 to do some amazing stuff. I think he knows how to get the best out of his players. I still think they're going to challenge again. Maybe not going to be as easy as it was last season, but we'll see. Um, but I think it's, I think it's safe to say that, you know, they are still favorites. I mean, they're the champions, so you can't rule them out um, as favorites. Um, and I think after, City and Liverpool, then you're going into sort of, you know, what's going to happen. I think Arsenal are, are wants to watch. You know, we have to really, really pay attention to Arsenal. I think everyone is kind of slipping on them and stuff. But I think Arsenal can easily make the top four. And with what Chelsea has done and what Manchester, you know, it's going to be really, really tough for Manchester United this season. Let's be very, very clear about that. I mean, it's, it's another season for growth. I think minimum requirements now is like you have to finish in the top four. I don't think we're at a point where, you know, we can demand for the title or anything like that. This is another stepping stone. This is another um, season for growing, for growing the likes of Martial. He's done 23 goals now. Can he push on to get 25 or 30 and things like that? The same with Rashford. You know, Pogba, can he stay fit throughout the season? You know, what can Bruno do in a full season? There's so many amazing things to look forward to from Manchester United's point of view. But when you really look at it around and see what every other team is doing, you have to really, you know, 
you know, raise your hands and say, yes, it's not going to be, a, a, you know, that easy, right? If you look at Everton, they've added Alan, they've added uh, Rodriguez um, from from Real Madrid. So they, they're, not, they're not playing around as well, right? So it's, there, there is quite a lot to, 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 to take into consideration. So it's difficult for me to even predict who's going to be in the top four. I think the top four is going to be under, under siege. I think Wolves are not going away. I, I think, you know, they're going to be right up there challenging. It's going to be an exciting season. I'm just like every season is. We love football. It's always exciting. So let's just be, you know, I, I think saying, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the best season ever. It's, it's not every season is going to be the best season ever because we just love football. And that's what it's all about. So, but at, at the same time, I'm really, really excited. Um, I can't wait for it to start. Um, and I'm going to be, you know, making some more episodes. I'm going to be much more um, consistent now moving forward with more episodes. I'm going to try as much as possible to put one out every single week for you guys. But I'm excited. EPL is back. Let's get it. Have a great one. Cheers.